Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here I've brought together my most powerful tips from the last decade plus partnering with small businesses on all things leadership, mindset, people and culture. Here my approach combines intuitive psychology, strategy, neuroscience and results-based coaching to unlock your highest potential. Step into your power and truly own your role as a leader so that you can spread the positive impacts of your purpose-led work everywhere. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a mindset and performance coach for purpose-led leaders. I'm a mama to two cheeky little munchkins. I'm a wine appreciator, nature-obsessed, stubbornly optimistic child at heart, and I'm here to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it is all so possible. I hope that this podcast leaves you feeling lighter, more inspired, and more ready than ever to go out there and take actions on your big dreams and vision. I can't wait to dig in. See you in the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. So lovely to be here recording another podcast episode for you. Today, we're talking about how to build your dream team. And this has been a question that I have received from a few people, um, actually quite a few online business owners, um, coaches, consultants, those who are kind of in those initial stages of building their business. Um, but is just so relevant throughout the entire journey, right? Um, no matter what size you are, you'll be wanting to know how do I, how do I build a team that just thrives? How do I build a team that works together beautifully, that bounces off each other, that has an incredible team dynamic? How do I build a positive team that works together, you know, towards the right vision? And there are a million <laughs> different tips that I could share with you after being in the team development space, um, you know, helping leaders, you know, build teams, recruit teams um, in that team development culture and leadership space for over 12 years now. There are so, so many things that I could share with you, but I wanted to try and drill it down to three three key pillars and just give you a bunch of different examples um, which you can pick and choose from and you know start small experiment see how it goes and just lean into the ones that feel right for you right because only you know that as the ceo or the the leader of your team or business so those three key pillars that i wanted to talk about are number one choosing the right people. Number two, create a strong team dynamic. And three, nourish your team. So they're the three key steps that are involved in how to build your dream team. And I want to start with one which might be obvious, might not. And that's around in order to build your dream team, you've got to have the right people on the bus. <laughs> you got to have the right people in the right seats on that bus. And using that analogy of the bus, like your business is a bit or your team is a bit like a bus. 
you know, the bus is heading somewhere. It's got a, you know, it's got GPS um, coordinates mapped into its GPS system. It knows where it's going. It's got a vision. It's got direction and it's got purpose. And in, and in order for that bus to go, it's got to have the right people in the right seats, all also knowing where that bus is going. And those people have got to get along. They've got to know their place. They've got to know their purpose in the greater vision and the greater mission. So the first, the first tip that I want to really drill down on is choosing how to choose the right people. And in order to choose the right people and bring on the right people, we need to start with the end in mind. What do I mean by, by that? I mean, what is your vision? What is your long-term dreamy outcome that you desire? What does that look like? Is it a million dollar thriving business that creates you passive income? Is it a team of 10, 20, 30, 40 that are all working together beautifully to deliver and create an incredible impact in your area of work? Is it you um, traveling the world, uh, bringing your business alongside you and delivering programs and services to hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. In order for you to know who to bring on and what skills and capabilities they need, you need to know what your vision is. So starting with the end in mind, what does your vision need for you to take the next step? This is where we start kind of working backwards you know, reverse engineering that outcome. What roles do you need long-term to fulfill your vision? And this can be a really handy one to really think about, like, what are your strengths? What are you really good at? And what are your passions? And what are your areas that you don't love? What are those areas that you know <laughs> that you can spend hours and hours on it and you just don't? actually create that much value in that particular area what are the areas that drain your energy what are those areas that just don't light you up and that you know that you need to let go of and that you know that you need to invest in in order to see your business thrive and remembering the benefits that each new role plays in your vision right knowing that if you're right at the start of your journey and you really need to bring a VA on or a business manager or an operations manager, remembering that the, the benefits that, that that role brings to you is that it's gonna free you up to focus more on client-facing work or on money-making work or on business development or just give you more time to have more fun and more flow, you know, less stress, more ease. Remembering as well that when you're bringing on people into your team, sometimes we can have a tendency to bring on people that are a bit like us or just like us because we like them, we know them, we understand them, they feel comfortable and familiar to us. And while I would say there's nothing wrong with that, I would also be reminding you that variety 
in skills, in personality, in qualities, in all the things, like variety and diversity is fantastic for creativity and innovation. Why? Because if you've got a whole bunch of people that think the same way, that act the same way, that do the same things, they're probably going to think in the same way, have the same views and beliefs about how things should be done. And what that means is that, say, for example, when you go to launch a project or something, um, or you've got this grand new idea or this new vision, you share that vision with your team. If that entire team is exactly the same and they think the same way, they've got the same strengths and views on the world and all of those sort of things, they're not going to challenge you on the idea. <laughs> they're not going to pick apart, you know, the pieces that might not work or encourage you to think, think about it in a different way. They're not going to get you thinking outside the box in a new creative direction. They're probably just going to say, yeah, great, cool, let's do it. And, um, you know, that's not the, not the space for like true innovation and true growth. You know, you really want people thinking outside the square who think differently, who are going to challenge your business and your team to really grow in a different direction. One of the ways that you can get a sense of whether you've got a good diversity in your team or whether everyone's the same um, is you can do personality profiling with them. Like DISC is a pretty good one. Enneagram is good. I love Enneagram the most, as you may have heard me talk about on the podcast. Um, Myers-Briggs, they're all, I think most of them, you can find like free versions online. But the really cool thing to remember is you don't want a whole bunch of exactly the same personalities because one, it's going to turn into this thing called groupthink where everyone thinks the same. And also you're probably going to potentially piss each other off as well, depending on what the personality is. Um, but like if say with DISC, like if you've got a whole bunch of Ds, which is like the D in DISC, which stands for dominant, if you've got a whole bunch of Ds accidentally that you recruit into your team, you're going to have a whole bunch of people who are all trying to lead, who are all trying to be the most dominant person in the bunch. And it's going to cause a lot of conflict. So it's like such a beautiful thing to have variety and diversity in a team. The other piece which I was talking a little bit about before is in terms of choosing the right people that you bring into your team and starting with that end in mind, the key question you want to be asking yourself is, and I know that this can be a real challenge and really tricky, but the more that you can think strategically about what, what functions and what skills and what capabilities your business needs before you then try and find the person that can fulfill those role needs, the better that you're going to be long-term. Because quite often we do have a tendency to recruit and bring people into our team that we like, which is great, which is beautiful, which is lovely and fun. However, what I see a lot of companies do is that they just recruit a whole bunch of people that they like and they, and they, so they, they try and recruit what I call person first as opposed to needs first. 
So the most important thing is to ask yourself, what are the actual needs that my business has, like the functional needs, and then go and find a person to meet those needs. Say, for example, maybe you really, really need someone who's awesome at systems and tech, someone who is really organized, really structured, really analytical, really systems focused. Um, and that that's like the core element that you really need to, in order to thrive and that your business really needs in order to like expand and up level to its next direction. What can often happen is that leaders might go out to recruit for this particular role and they really need like that system structure organizational person. And then they meet someone who they just get along with really, really well. And kind of those needs get put secondary and they recruit because they like the person, because it feels good, because it's intuitively good. And then they find out and realize later that actually they really do need that structural system role. And now they've got this extra bum on a seat that they've got to find work for. Um, and that there's their initial needs, needs of having someone who can fulfill that structural system organizational role still isn't fulfilled. And it just kind of becomes this like self-fulfilling long-term cycle. So it's not to say, and I want to be really, really clear about this. It's not to say that you shouldn't hire based on intuition because I'm a big, big fan of trusting your gut in recruitment decisions. But it is to say that you really, really want to balance intuition with the strategy, with the knowing the long-term strategy of what your business needs in order for it to thrive. And just really balancing the head with the heart is kind of what I would be, um, you know, breaking that down to, you know, head being strategy and heart being intuition. Keep those two in check. And don't make decisions based on one or the other. Start with the head and then connect in with the heart to see whether the person that you're choosing intuitively feels right from a heart point of view as well. Because you can have both. You can definitely have both. And actually, I would highly recommend you making sure that you always have both. And remembering as well that at the end of the day, if it comes down to like two different people and one of them fulfills the head piece, but they don't have the values, you know, maybe they've got the skills, but they don't align with your values as a business. They don't align with like your culture or your culture or the feel or the environment or kind of like that intuitive feel. You don't want to bring them on because skills can be taught but values can't. Skills can be taught, but values can't. That will, or they're very, very difficult to anyway. So let me just sum that up again for you. So if you, and this is in the case that you feel like you're forced into a decision between two people and you feel like one of them ticks the skills boxes, but doesn't really feel like a values fit, and then the other ticks more of the values boxes, but they don't have as many of the skills. 
if you are forced into a decision between the two and you're like you've got no other candidates to choose from my recommendation would be to go for the values fit candidate because skills can be taught values can't so while it might take a little bit longer to get that person up to speed long term in like a year two three whatever that person's going to be a much better investment because it's very very difficult to change values because our values come with us from childhood um but skills they're just you know they're just something that you can you can acquire over time my my absolute like highest recommendation if it's at all possible is actually to go back to the draw back to the recruitment board um, and see if you can find a candidate that actually ticks both boxes but if you can't then you want to go with the values um, values first if the situation allows you the other piece which can sometimes come up when it comes to recruitment and someone is a values fit but they might not have like the technical skill expertise just yet is to ask yourself the question do you think they have the potential to grow with you do they have the potential to grow with your vision and the way that you can fast find this the answer to this question out is actually to ask them the question so to ask them like you know hey if their name's jess like jess what are your long-term goals for for your career for your own um for your own life like what's your vision and then for you to share your own vision and tell them about where your business is headed and what your plans are for the future and to gauge their level of excitement when you share that because it's that moment if you see their eyes twinkle if you see them light up if you see them get excited and inspired as you share your vision you know that you've got a goodie you know you've got someone who's going to be on board with you excited to grow with you and that's how you know whether you're going to be aligned on your needs and goals another way to get a bit of a sense of whether they're going to have the potential to grow with you is you can do like certain cognitive testing like skills testing with them you can also do personality profiling um, and another way is to even give them like a bit of a trial project or you can do a trial um, time period with them you can give them like a little take-home assignment just to get a bit of a sense of how they work and whether they've got potential to be the person that you need them to be but of course like alongside that you want to be having a really awesome conversation with them slash an interview <laughs> where you ask them questions like really structured intentional strategic questions that gives them a sense of, or gives you a sense of whether they're aligned to the role whether they're going to be able to fulfill the role and a really cool thing to think about is if you are um, if you're a manifestation uh, or an, a manifestation sort of person, um, this is you can actually think of bringing in the right person through the lens of manifestation. So you want to start with as much clarity and detail that you possibly can about who you want, like who is that person that you want to work with, that you want to bring into your team, like describe them. Um, what are their skills? You know, what are they contributing to your business? What outcomes are they delivering? delivering? 
um, what does it feel like to work with them? Like what's their personality like? Um, what's their energy like? And how will it feel when you do get to meet them? How will it feel to work with them? Um, and what will it be like? You know, the, the longer that you can play in that energy of creating that vision and creating clarity on who that person is, the clearer it's going to give you of an indication of when you when you meet them and when you know that they're going to be a fit or not. And it will help you construct the right questions during that interview process. It'll help you write the role advertisement. It'll help with the, um, the job brief and everything. Start with the desired vision in mind and, and work from that place. <clears throat> so that's the first pillar that I wanted to talk about, which was choosing the right people, because ultimately if you've got the right people, oh gosh, that is just like 80% of it. It's so, so important to have the right people on board. And if you feel like you've got a team right now, that doesn't feel like the right people, then I would highly, highly suggest that you have a good think about what you want to do about that. Because having a toxic, negative, misaligned person in your team can be truly, truly, truly damaging. It's not only only a time waster, but it is a massive energy drainer. And it can not only drain the energy of your team, but it can damage the success of your business. And it also just often takes up so much time, um, particularly the CEO's time in them thinking about like, what do I wanna do here? How do I manage this person? You know, what should I do? Like they're they're the sort of things that often keep CEOs up at night is um is tricky team members so if you have someone like that who is not great for your team you know you really want to be thinking about how can i either get them up to speed how can i get them engaged how can i like build their skills um how can i get them motivated you know how can i get them aligned and on board my vision or if you've already tried all of those things, then it's really, really worth thinking about how can I exit this person as quickly as possible. And trust me, if you're in that position, the quicker that you get them out, if you know that they're not a fit, the quicker that you are just gonna be absolutely smiling and so much more peaceful and full of ease. It's amazing how many CEOs say to me, oh my gosh, I just wish that I did that sooner. <laughs> um, so yes, anyway, that's tip. That's pillar number one is bring in the right people for your team. Pillar number two is about how to create this, an actual strong team dynamic once you've got the right people on board. So the first thing that I'd say there is to create a strong team does require an investment of energy to kick it off with in order to create that momentum. And thinking about the, you know, the bowling ball at the top of the hill or the car at the top of the hill or whatever you want to call it, it's like if there is a car at the top of the hill and you know that it, like you want to push it down the hill so it can start to move, in order to get that car moving initially, it does require a big, a big push of strength and energy and focus and will from you, right? It's like that car's not gonna move on its own. 
Um, so it does require you having to push and force um, initially just to create that spark, to create that little bit of movement. And like once that car starts moving, once it starts to get its own momentum, particularly once it starts to move down that hill, it's like it's going to pick up its own momentum and it's going to start to like just, you know, absolutely fly without you even having to try. But at the start, it does require a little bit of time and energy from you as the CEO, which can sometimes be a a frustrating thing to digest. Um, but knowing that in the long term, it will pay off. So the ways that you will need to invest in your team at the start is if you want them to connect at a deep level, you need to invest in nourishing that connection. So this could look like getting the team together and having like a bit of a goal setting session together. This could be getting them, you know, if you're an online team, it's about like getting them all onto like a group Zoom session. Um, getting them to do their own personality profiling, um, their own personality profiles and sharing their personalities with each other, Uh, you know, sharing what their strengths are, their passions, their personality, their triggers, maybe their communication style, um, what frustrates them. You know, it's like it's just getting them together to get to know each other in a deeper way. This is what I guess you call a team building session. This is what literally builds the strength of the team. Um, So the more that you invest in your team, the more that they're gonna invest in the business, right? So the other piece is when you bring that team on board, alongside sharing your vision with them, you wanna make sure that you're sharing your values with them, your business values with them as well, right? So talk to them about what you believe in and what you stand for as a business. Talk to them about what each of those values not only means, but what they actually look like in reality. Giving specific practical examples, stories, um, you know, examples of how you have lived the values or how others have lived the values. Because all too often we can talk about values and we kind of like talk about them at a high level, but it's only once you actually bring that down to a practical level of what that looks like day in, day out, that they really start to come alive. So sharing your values with the team. Um, and also like if you've got a team, um, whether they're an in-person team or whether they're online, you will need to have certain like communication structures and rituals and systems set up to support their connection and their communication with each other. So whether that's like a certain meeting ritual, whether you're having like daily huddles, whether you're having weekly team leader meetings, whether you've got an Asana board um, that you can all communicate on, whether you've got a Slack channel for lots of different um, channels, like you might have like a general, you know, like fun and silly chat, and then you might have one that's more project oriented. Make sure that you've got like supporting systems in place to really nourish effective communication between your team members. A couple of other examples of things that you can do 
to create a really strong team dynamic is yeah, making sure that you're really sharing the goals and the vision of the business regularly and connecting their individual roles and their unique strengths that they play in that vision. Um, because what, what that does is if they know the specific part that they play in the vision, it adds an incredible amount of meaning and purpose to their roles. So they know that they're not just a, you know, a tiny little cog in the wheel, that they actually see the bigger picture. They see how their role plays a unique part and it just great gives this great sense of significance and importance and meaning. So there's some examples of ways that you can create a strong dynamic, um, team dynamic when you first bring your team members on. And then the last piece is once you've kicked off that strong team dynamic, you know, going back to the analogy of the, the car rolling off a hill, like once you've initially got that, that team off to a good start and it's starting to, you know, get a bit of traction and momentum and the team's really starting to work together well, it's your job as the CEO to make sure that that car continues to fly down the hill, right? Like, um, you know, it's your job that you're putting fuel in that car. It's your job that you're keeping it clean. It's your job that you're keeping an eye on it. You're keeping it on track and you're nourishing its energy. You're nourishing its health. You're nourishing the path that it's going on. And ways that you can do this is, you know, first of all, just guiding your team, checking in on them, showing them that you care. You know, one of the ways that you can do this is, um, you know, making sure that you, you're, um, you know, celebrating their birthdays and little things like that, that you know that they're, they're kids' names, that you check in with them about, about their weekend and all of those sort of little things and maybe even buying surprise gifts or celebrating them or even just little cards. Um, other ways you can do this is by, um, you know, measuring the success of the team through tracking and tracking their engagement through an engagement survey or like an engagement pulse check. I recommend doing this quarterly at least, um, but some of my clients and us, we do it um, on a monthly basis. So it's really about checking in as to what works best for you. But it's basically an opportunity to provide them a platform, to provide anonymous feedback to, for them to share how they are really going, like honestly, um, so that they can basically like so that you can get ahead of issues before they become big and before anyone even thinks about leaving so that you can always be nourishing the highest potential of your team. Um, and not letting anything slip through the cracks. The other like, like final piece that I was gonna leave you with is there's a guy called Daniel Pink and he's written quite a few books, one of them being a book called Drive. And he talks about this really, really helpful acronym which stands for AMP. And that stands for Autonomy, Mastery, Purpose. And they're basically like the three key driver drivers of motivation and engagement. And they're just a really, really helpful lens that you can always be thinking through is autonomy. Like how much autonomy am I giving to my team right now? 
How much am I letting them really own how their work gets delivered? How much am I, you know, really clearly defining the outcome that needs achieved, but allowing them the space and the process and the method to do it in the way that they want? How self-directed are they allowed to be in their work? And then mastery, how much am I letting them get better and better at mastering their skills? How much am I challenging them? How much am I investing in their growth and their development and allowing them to move closer and closer towards their true potential? And purpose, how much am I sharing the impact of their work? How much am I telling stories like success stories about how their work has played a part in the bigger picture for my clients and customers? How much am I sharing case studies? How much am I sharing, you know, how their role connects to the big picture? How much am I like nourishing that sense of meaning for my team? So that's like a really, really helpful acronym that you can always be looking through and thinking through when you know that it's time to keep your team on track, keep them nourished, keep them motivated, keep them engaged. So they are the three three key pillars that I wanted to talk you through, which is just to recap those, choosing the right people. So you've got to have the right people on the bus or the right people in the car, if we're going back to the car analogy. Um, pillar number two is create a strong team dynamic. So going back to the car analogy, that's, you know, how can you really invest in your team to get them off to the right start and start to create that momentum so that they are just absolutely flying, um, you know, by themselves. And then pillar number three is nourish that team. So nourish the right energy, keep them on track, um, love them, care for them. And, you know, once, once you've invested in that team, it's amazing the momentum that naturally starts to emerge, but it does often take time and a little bit of an oomph at the start or a little bit of a push at the start. I really hope that was helpful. I'm so excited for you that you are in the process of building your dream team. I'd love to hear your feedback and, um, you know, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or an email at hello at emmacampbell.com.au or even better, I would love if you left me a review on podcasts on like whatever your podcast platform is, because that is the main way that I get to, I guess, share my work and um, get in the ears of other people out there who really need to hear this information. Or feel free to share it with someone that you feel like um, would really benefit from this message. Gosh, that was a lot of asks, wasn't it? (laughs) Choose one or all of the above. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. It's always such a pleasure being here. I hope you have an incredible day and I'll talk to you so soon. Lots of love. Hey everyone, sneaking in here before the podcast starts to let you know 
I'm going to run a free live training masterclass really soon on how to up-level your mindset to up-level your life. So bringing together lots of Dr. Joe's learnings, as well as everything that I've learned on my journey the last decade about how to use neuroscience, psychology, energetics, epigenetics, quantum, all of the things to transform your identity, your mindset, your thoughts, your business and your life. So if you want to be the first to hear about it, join the waitlist below. Link is in the show notes. So if anything you hear in this podcast today inspires you and you want to learn more or dive deeper, you'll definitely want to check out this masterclass. It's going to be a goodie.